Welcome, everybody, in the Movie Guys Verse. This is Jordan here, part of Movie Guys Podcast. We wanted to say thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode. If you don't know what Movie Guys Podcast is, we are a new movie review show that is updated weekly. You can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com and also movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. And tonight we're talking about Venom, part three, and our final episode of the Anti-Hero series. If you want to check out the other two episodes in our archives, just click at the Anti-Hero series, and you'll be able to find episode one, Spawn, episode two, The Punisher 2004. But tonight we're talking about Venom, and I'm joined here with Eric and Ed, like always. Eric, are you a turd in the wind tonight? How are you doing? We are doing just fine. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm better than, than just fine. I mean, I, guys, this, this seems to happen a lot. And you know me when I when I say I don't like to do a lot of research on a movie uh, if, I'm, if I'm excited to go, go see it. Because usually you hear a movie and you, you know what it's about. And you can already make the decision right there if you are or are not going to go see this movie. So I hear Venom. I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to go see that just because I, I love the character. He's just badass. He looks dope. You know, I, I, I like him. But um, the more I was hearing buzz about this movie, the less hyped up I wanted to see this. Right, Ed? I mean, am I alone in this? Oh, 100% right. I mean, to if I could, the I think the critics – Bit the head off the this this movie. I mean, it, you know, basically, yeah. Good job, everybody. Good job. Yep, yep, yep. We all yeah, we all yeah, went there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we don't normally talk to each other about like critics and shit and and and, and reviews and whatnot, but you know, that's kind of sort of what we did. And, and and you know, Jordan Jordan started it off. Jordan had said some things, and I'm sure he'll get into it during the review about what Tom Hardy said and things that they cut out of the movie. But I'm just gonna come out right out and literally say it. Fuck those guys. Here we go. All right. Seriously. Well, show your hand already. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. 100%. I, I'll do it. Uh, you know, I know that this is, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to come out and say it. I fucking love the movie. There you go. There you go. I, there, I, there, it is. there was a good mix, I think, uh, of after the uh, the populace had, had seen it, the, the big mass of the opening weekend had seen it, where um, you had a good, a good balance. You know, what, what do you think? Uh, Jordan, because there was a lot of bad buzz around this movie. Oh, there was tons of bad buzz, including on uh, – I'm going to give some plugs here, but according on uh, video podcasts on YouTube that I really like, uh, I mean, Angry Joe and, and uh, Chris Stuckman, uh, not very good reviews. And uh, IMDb gave this a 7.9 out of 10, but Ryan Tomatoes gave this 30. Um, I was – I was the fan leading up to this, Eric and Ed. I mean, I you guys kept on telling me weeks leading up to this review. I don't know, Jordan. I don't know. This is going to be good. And I, I kept on saying, this is going to be good. Fuck those critics. This is going to be good. We're, this is going to be better than Spider-Man 3 Venom, guys. This is going to be good. Well, that's a low bar right there. But you already had things in place. Like, the PG-13 rating was, I think, a strike one for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, another one was a lot of the, the Tom Hardy 
uh, talking about his disagreements, right? His creative differences with some of the movie, right? And yeah. then the big one, uh, obviously, that we all know is that this is Sony. This is in association with Marvel. This is not a Marvel Studios movie. So they they just put a tag on it. So that's a big one, too, because obviously it's Marvel Studios have have made a brand of themselves and have made a base for themselves. And so people will go off of that tag alone, but this one is a Sony tag. So it falls under the the original Spider-Mans, uh, the X-Men's, right? Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider is, is Ghost Rider Sony? Uh, I, I I think so. Uh, Fox, I don't, Fox maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, it's it's a non-Marvel Studios character anyway. And and you're a hundred percent right. Everything that you just said were things leading up to the going to see this movie that I was like, oh fuck, here we go. And then critics were shitting on it. I'm like, oh man, like, can we just? I wish we didn't have a schedule so we can change it. Can we go back in time three weeks and decide not to do the anti-hero thing leading up to this movie? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I kind of wished we had gone a different direction. And I take full responsibility for wanting to, to, to do that. And I was fucking wrong. I was absolutely wrong. And before we get into our review of it, the nuts and bolts of it, um, I, I do want to hear Ed's point of view. Um, so my theater experience is uh, I'm at work on Saturday. I get off at 4.30. The movie starts at 5. I'm exactly 15 minutes away from the theater when I get off of work, my wife meets me there. We get at five. We get there at five oh five, enough to catch the couple of previews for Robin Hood. And ugh, anyway, and uh, the Angel, theater, I think was the other one. The 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 assassin, yeah. the Spielberg assassin, which looked like AI, by the way. It did <laughs> look like AI. Yeah. Uh, we walked in, and the theater was packed. Uh, yep. We had to sit at the very front, not not the front where like you're touching the screen front. But, like, we had to sit in the front. And Isn't that where your favorite? Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, this theater is not very big, this movie theater. Psycho. Ed has been Absolute there. psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Ed has been to this theater before. Uh, yeah. I mean, we premiered a couple of our films back in the day of this theater. This theater is only a five-screen theater, so it's not huge. And uh, no theater has ever been sold out. It was sold out. I was surprised. So I watched the movie. And then here's my my rant. I drive home separately from my wife because she meets me there. And I call Ed. Ed, what do I say to you? I don't remember what it was verbatim, but you literally said, fuck those critics. Like, this is this this year's Ghostbusters. I also compared it to Iron Man. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, yes, you did. Yeah. Because, Eric, I don't know. uh, I've not said that to you yet. But no, I was telling yeah. Ed that I compared this to Iron Man 1. It's kind of the same beat. You know, evil guy, you know, becomes the villain at the end, the Iron Mongler, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it just it just kind of reminded me of Iron Man. Uh, oh, and uh, Yeah, this this was an origin story through and through. And <laughs> from, from start to finish, they took the blank template out of every other superhero movie of Origins, and they put it right onto this one with the fresh new Venom skin. And that's fine. It worked. I, I had, there were a lot of things wrong with the movie that we can get into. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, we but it, it, the, you're right. Like The thing was is that they, they just committed to the plan, and they knew the star was Venom. 
that was that's what I think made this movie work. I think that maybe if there was one input that maybe Marvel or I don't want to give them credit because I really don't know who the hell did it or it was just the original vision, but Venom was the main character and there's just you know you it wasn't built for it. You know what I mean? Like he that that's what you came to see. That's what everyone liked and everyone else was just the ensemble. Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, everyone else was just the ensemble cast and they focused on. Venom and kind of what was going on there. I it it did what it needed to do, and I had fun doing it. Like it it just it worked. I guess as plain and simply as what I'm trying to say is that I think it just worked. There again, I have a, a, a few things that we can get into because there are yeah. some what the fuck moments where I'm just like, well, wait a wait a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like Which, it just it looked pretty. It looked very pretty, and I I liked. The, just the way that Venom looked. I like the way that he's just this hulking. That's what I want him to be. I thought Eddie Brock would have, would have been a little bit bigger. I thought, you know, I, I depict him to be a little bit more of a, of a bigger guy, but uh, Tom Hardy's fine. Well, with that being said, let's get into this. And before we get into it, just a little disclaimer here to everybody listening out there in the movie guys first. This is not our typical retrospective episode. Um, you know, so prepare for a nice in-depth conversation. And also, if you have not seen this movie and you do not want to be spoiler-filled, I'm just letting you know now we're going to spoil the living crap out of this movie. So press stop now, go see the flick if you want to, and then come back and listen to the review later. But here we go. We're going to start it off the bat. One of the things that I liked right off the bat in the beginning of the movie here, guys, is I believe that the filmmakers and the writers actually did their research because there are subtle little things that happens in this movie that is big parts in the comic book when it comes to Venom. Case in point, uh, the opening is the spaceship crash lands. They have three symbiotes, right? And four. after the four symbiotes. Yeah, that's right. The fourth one. Yeah, because the fourth one's never back. Anyway, uh, but there's four symbiotes, right? And then they find a survivor, and they say the survivor's name is Jameson. That is Jameson's son, Jameson, who owns the Daily Bugle in the Spider-Man universe. Drop line. We don't need to get a character. I like that. Right. And I want to ask you first, because you were the one that was hounding me for weeks, this movie's going to be shit. Was that subtle little reference going to you, oh, they've done their research? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it was, I had a little tip of the cap moment when they said that, because, you know, it, this movie is nothing to do with Spider-Man or has no place in the Spideyverse. You know what I mean? We get a hint later about the end of the Spideyverse stuff, right? Under the Spider-Verse video game, right? But, you know, my point is, is that, like, that is the only, they that's the only tie into the Spider-Man universe. And that's, they didn't drop, you know, I don't want to say they didn't drop the ball there, but, like, yeah, I like the fact that they actually said, this is fucking Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man. Eric, what do you feel about them dropping the line of of uh, Jameson? I just like the fact that he's not a character. They just drop the line so you know they've done the research. A lot different than Spider-Man 3 when he's making out with Mary Jane and out of nowhere the meteor falls down, right? They, I mean, they like, knew how to name drop. They, they knew how to name drop. They they made it so – because Jameson is obviously a – you know, they'll get that's – that's a buzz name. It sets off your spider senses. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was excited about it. So then we get into Eddie Brock. Played by Tom Hardy. 
Eddie Brock has uh, like a video podcast where he's called the Eddie Brock Show. And he's an investigative journalist. Yes, and he goes around and he takes down big corporations to show them how they really are. Uh, before we get into what was cut out, Eric, did you like this little montage of who Eddie Brock is and his investigative reporter? Did you want more? How would you feel about those? No, it, it did a good because it showed character what he was trying to do. It showed that first off, he's he's a bit gritty. He doesn't really care like the way that he dresses. He's he's doing it out of comfort. He's doing it because it's for a purpose. You know, he's, he's doesn't really care what you think of him type of thing. Uh, he you could tell that the stories that he's covering is that he has better intentions. You know what I mean? Uh, but because of his attitude, he's what the chaotic good type thing. Is that yeah? yeah. We kind of put him under there. Um, so what if so what if ten people lost their jobs? I took down I took down a, a corporation. Kind yeah, of thing. and and given the yeah, and given the material as well, you can also kind of have a grasp of of his influence, of his gravitas, of of where he's at in in the position of the world. So he's obviously got a big network behind his back. He's obviously doing big bits with you know global world news, uh, uh, you know, and um, protesting, you know, anything political up to date. So he's doing. He's doing well, and it was well depicted, and it didn't really give a shit about a Michelle Williams at all, uh, and uh, about his fiance. But that's fine. She was really kind of a minor character, even though she has the super ability to, to to teleport. Apparently, at the end of the movie, where she could just show up. Anyway, we will talk about that. We'll talk about that I, we'll again. Talk. I know. I know. I'm getting there. I'm gonna. I'm biting my tongue right now, boys. Yeah. But. Uh, um. So Eric, you he, said a mouthful. He's a, he's a good he's a good character, man. Like it's just kind of what it what is. Although I don't know, I wanted Eddie Brock to be a little bit more of an asshole because that's just kind of what I thought he was. Like he's arrogant, you know. Well, you said a mouthful because those are the scenes that Tom Hardy is pissed off about. There, the movie that Tom Hardy signed on to do was a Logan movie where it was going to take two two and a half hours to tell. You know, we're going to tell an adult story here. This is the bulk of the movie that Tom Hardy's pissed off about, Eric. Uh, there are scenes where, like as an example, because they didn't specify the scene, that they cut from the movie where, like, you know, he went to West Virginia to, you know, you know to take down a coal mining plant because the owner was embezzling money or whatever, right? Okay. But they ended up costing like 50 people their jobs. And it, and it showed those people that lost their jobs, their hatred towards Eddie Brock because of that. So those scenes were cut out. Also, to jump ahead a little bit, when Michelle Williams says enough is enough, which we'll specify that later, that's because every time he goes out and does something, she tells him in these cut scenes, do not do what you typically do. And he defines her anyway and does what he wants to do. And when the inevitable happened, that was the last straw. So you have 25 minutes of a movie that was cut out that was all character development between him and Michelle Williams and why he's an asshole. Oh, well, that makes more sense because it seemed like she just cut the cut the rug pretty quick, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah, there's – you could tell – listen, this movie was, what, a little bit over two hours, just about two hours? Just uh, under. Just under. And it – it move the pacing in this movie is fast. Like if from start to finish, this movie moves quick. You gotta, you know what I mean? Like you gotta catch up because it it moves. Yeah, you you, you cannot go and get some popcorn in the middle of this. Um. So with that being said, now Ed, onto you here. Okay. So Eddie Brock is in San Francisco with Michelle Williams. 
he has a job to go and uh, interview the Life Foundation and its owner, uh, which is uh, Riz Ahmad. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Riz Ahmad's the actor. Uh, Carlton Drake is his. And he's like a young Steve Jobs, essentially. Maybe like a maybe like a Zark Muckleberg. Zark Muckleberg. He's, he's like a, he's like an, a he's, Tony Stark. He's Elon Musk. He's Elon Musk is who he is. Tony Stark. There you go. He's so, Elon Musk. He's, he's Elon a, Musk yeah. minus the weed. So he goes there and he's not supposed to ask dick old questions. His boss even tells him not to do it. But he asks the dick old questions about, hey, you're killing people, blah blah blah. And Michelle Williams, who plays uh, uh, Eddie Brock. Uh, and who plays Eddie Brock's girlfriend is her firm is the law firm for uh, Drake. So because he asked all those dickhole questions, she gets fired. Did you think her leaving him and breaking up with him because she got fired was justified? Or would you have liked to have seen those 25 minute build up scenes to lead up to that breakup? Well, it depends on the, the movie you want to watch and the story you want to tell. I mean, I. Being an adult, loved Logan. I loved that idea. And, yes, I would like to see that, and I think the director's cut of this movie is going to be absolutely fucking fantastic. And they have to release it with those scenes, just plain and simple. That being said, for what they ended up giving us, which was basically a version of this movie where the kid, this kid can buy their – or this dad can buy their kid a Venom – uh, comforter for their bed, right? Like, that's, that's what they wanted – that's what they ended up giving us. But like, yeah, I would have liked to see them, and I and I and I'm looking forward to seeing them because it does sort of halt the story in the sense that you're kind of like, wait a minute, what do you, what do you mean enough is enough? Are we supposed to imply that he lost his job at the Daily Bugle and he she moved out there with him? Like, okay, I get that kind of, but all but she's forgiving of him all about it, and then okay, th- within ten minutes later they break up, mm-hmm. right? Like. That's not that. That doesn't give it. You give us enough. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I would like to have them been included, but at this point in, in this movie, it sort of drives the story, you know, because that breakup sort of makes him depressed, and that it gives him the motivation to because he wants to go get his girl back, so he has to go do the one he knows how to do, which is take down the company that sort of took her down too. Now, on that, Eric, what I like about this movie is some subtle little things. Like, for an example, uh, it's been five months since the breakup. He's drinking all the time at a bar. He lives a very bachelor lifestyle. He keeps on going to the same uh, Asian supermarket to get odds and ends to eat. And he always uh, talks to um, the uh, the bum lady on the... The on homeless the, lady. Almost. Yeah. And I like the fact that early in the film, just to jump for a second, is that he talks to her, we have her as a character, and then the next time he goes by, she's no longer there because we find out that the life organization is taking uh, homeless people off the streets because nobody's going to miss them, quote-unquote. But uh, So it's been five months, and Drake's assistant, uh, she decides that she does not like these experiments. They have the symbiotes. They are going to do human testing. She finds it wrong, and she goes after Eddie Brock to help this. Is that a clean storyline? Do you like that, Eric? Do you like that his assistant gets Eddie Brock to where he needs to go, or would you rather have found Eddie Brock discovering this for himself in another way? No, no, no. So this this actually, I think, made a lot of sense, and I'll give this movie credit because I got this part right, at least in, in my opinion. Obviously, everything is subjective, but no. Uh, so he has a reputation – for being this this guy to 
take down, to leak the story, the whistleblower. He has a reputation for it, and so obviously it's it's one of those where uh, the scientist, uh, played by Jenny Slate, by the way, Dr. Dora Skirth, uh, she, you know, by default goes, oh, I know, there's a guy locally in the area who knows how to, who can do this, you know, so that, that kind of made sense, and it seems also because he doesn't want to do it, he's very reluctant at first to, to do it, right? And Which is nice. Yeah, exactly, because he's like, no, no, fuck that, that got me in this in the first place, but then he goes to that part where he's just like, oh, I, I really don't have anything else to lose, what the fuck else, you know? So, I, I like that, that gives him motivation, it's there, I like that. There didn't need to be any relationship between him and the homeless lady, it didn't matter, because it, it didn't matter. Uh, it, it could have been completely a, a random stranger in in there that was just going, help me, help me, and his humility already would have been, hey, let me get you out. I see, I don't know if I would agree with you on that because because he does have a relationship with Maria, so when he sees her, he goes above and beyond to try to save her. I would I would argue All with right. you. I'll agree with you. No, no, either way, I would just say that it really doesn't matter. Either way, because of what was going on, the symbiote testing in, in how it was transferred, that made sense. How it was transferred that way because they were doing symbiote testing, and I liked I liked that. That made a whole lot of sense. Even though again, that was very very quick, quick, quick. But I guess that's supposed to. Uh, just show you that Riz, the Carlton Trigg, is an evil guy. He also, did you mention that uh, uh, the, the one, the other antagonist, uh, the alien symbiote that escaped to the Jameson, was able to then kind of body shift to other uh, people and, and get the hell out of out of Dodge. And which you know what, I wasn't going to bring this up, but thank you for saying that. You could tell that there's a hard rated R movie in here somewhere. Because they go there. They have a little girl be infected with the symbiote. Now, we'll get to that because that's a big problem that I have with this movie. We'll talk about it right now because we talked about it because you brought it up. I mean, like, right. because technically don't they die when they transfer to another body? Yeah, technically they do. But here's the thing is that, okay, Eddie Brock is infiltrating the life system or the life uh, building, right? The Whatever the hell. And it's supposed to be ultra secure. They have – they they allude to there being cameras and tight security shifts everywhere, blah, 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 and he was able to sneak in because of her help, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like towards the end of this movie, just about any fucking buddy can get in. And it seems also that mm -hmm. uh, when... So uh, Riot, the, the bad symbiote is his name, goes from astronaut to EMT to to driver... Local to local Asian woman. ...to yeah. old lady to little girl... At the airport, and then the little girl, um, who again, little girl, red dress, blonde fucking hair, as her mom's going out to get the car, just walks away. And then when the next time we see her, she pops up in the middle of the goddamn laboratory. How did she get there? Where is she? At? Like no one's just going to. There's a little girl missing. You know, that's a scene that's missing. I guarantee it. I don't know that for How sure, the but that's the fuck scene did that missing. little girl get into uh, one of the most secure. Areas it, in, in whatever the hell a little girl. I understand that riots in there and in riot itself as a symbiote could have done some you know uh, squeezed into tight areas and like but it's a little girl. You know you don't think okay we can just assume I, in that part I, I get it that she probably whoever stopped her probably died right that's the only thing that I'm getting. Out that's of what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm saying. That, like that is that is that there's probably missing scene in Eric. Uh, I'm sorry and uh, Ed. I don't know if you would agree with me on this one, but that's probably a missing hard R scene where. The little girl's walking away, and then it cuts. But the mom probably, in an R-rated scene, would run after her and go, oh, 
oh, Jessica, what are you doing? Come back here. And then Symbiote knife through the face. Yeah. Everybody yeah. runs away, and that's how she... I was going to say, that's, that's a big thing of what we're missing, because because of that, we, you get big chunks that are obviously missing, whether it be the relationship between Eddie and Anne, or whether it be how this girl is able to just go from here from here, or whether it be how Anne, again, is able to just... Uh, oh, by the way, again, uh, security doesn't matter anymore in the most highly secured area in the building or, or, or in the building in, the, in San Francisco because now Anne is able to just walk through the fucking thing and she also has a recording of a high frequency sound that's over what like a, a 14 you know whatever the hell decibels she just she's just has that with her and luckily there's also a, a sound system that's hooked up throughout the entire and it's also is there a rocket launching in uh in the bay of San Francisco? Yes, there is in this movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there is. So, okay. Anyway, aside from so, there being a actual rocket in the bay of San Francisco, it's also rigged with sound. The entire platform is rigged with, with megaphone speakers that are able to emit the uh, and that she has. And she's able to get there without the use of any thumbprints, biometrics, or uh, – it just – whatever. Anyone – they they made a point to say this was hyper secure, and then towards the end of the movie, just any old fucking person can walk in. Yeah, like this movie has sort of a grindhouse feel in that way, where there's so much shit that was cut to make it PG thirteen, to where like you feel like you're missing something. Like they somebody caught the the, the reel on fire when they were smoking a cigarette while they were editing editing it. Nah, you know I mean? Kong reference from thirty three. I love. Yeah, it. yeah so it's, it's a wrap up. Is what I'm trying to say. You know, like yeah. they're trying to go, 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 wrap it up, wrap it up. We gotta, we gotta get end this movie by two hours. Let's go, people. Wrap yeah. It up. yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. So Eddie Brock is now Venom. We get a great chase. He climbs up a tree. Uh, he comes back home. He eats spoiled chicken. He eats all the time. Venom saying is feed me. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on. And this is where Tom Hardy's acting is just great. You know, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Tom Hardy goes to the seafood restaurant and he decides to take a bath in the lobster tank. Yeah. Like, it's just so fucking fun. Uh, Tom Hardy, which we're going to talk about right now, uh, is, is great in this movie. Not like, not like, not like Oscar nominated great, but I mean, he did a good job. I believed him. I believe that he had a split personality, well, a la Jekyll, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. I thought it was great. I, I think everyone did a fantastic job in, in this movie. Like it, that's that was another saving grace. It's well acted. So we're not going to go on much longer, but I do want to talk about something that I've done my research on. One of my gripes in the movie by watching it, by not doing my research, is that Michelle Williams Anne gets the symbiote suit, and uh, Eddie Brock is going to have a major battle at the end uh, with Riot. Uh, and they're in the forest. He's about to be executed. And here comes uh, Anne as female Venom and transfers the suit back to him via a la Kiss. Um, doing research, Anne is an actual character in the comics. Do you guys know this? Yeah, isn't there there's a lady Venom? She's called She-Venom. She-Venom, I mean, yeah. She-Venom is the name of Anne's character in the comics. And I just wanted to say this point here real quick. Uh, this is only a, a few sentences, but one of the fans of the movie guys burst into listen to you. Uh, in Anne's first appearance, she's a brunette with glasses, and in later's appearance, she loses the glasses and goes blonde, and Anne was Eddie Brock's ex-wife, a successful lawyer, and she assisted Spider-Man by sharing some of Eddie's history with him, 
Later, she files Spider-Man to an amusement park, and they have a fight, and then she becomes Venom. And her sole goal as she, Venom, is to attack and kill the men that have done her wrong. Well, there you go. Hell hath no fury, huh? Yes. Uh, Before we get into the final end of it, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but Ed, you watched the movie the other day, and you called me, and you said... The motorcycle chase was what got your attention right off the bat. So I wanted to give you time to talk about why you like the motorcycle chase so much. Well, and I was it was basically because everything that we had talked about going into the movie, like it was I, I was not expect even though the two of you had seen it before I did, and you had both mentioned that like it's much better than you think, I was still on the edge. I'm like, I don't know, like maybe maybe, maybe not. So I was kinda scrolling through Instagram when I was watching it, like Kind of doing, you know, so I was on Snapchat. Like I was, I was kind of half watching the movie at the beginning, right? And then the motorcycle, the motorcycle chase scene started, which was like the first scene where he's like, Venom and him are understanding, like, and in that scene where he's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna trust you, like I'm gonna go ahead and do it, like go ahead and do this, please, like I would just don't kill me. And Venom's like, trust me, we got this, we're, we're not gonna die. Yep. You know, that scene was fan-fucking-tastic. The whole thing where where he's like, okay, fall, figure something out. And he, like, he falls and he creates this, like, this shield beneath him. And he's like, how did you do that? <laughs> you know? It was right? Yeah, yeah. And then the scene, like, the, the part of that scene where he's like, there's a dead end, dead end. And Venom goes, not for us, there's not. And jumps over the, the thing and then catches the motorcycle, right? Like, that was, that whole scene from start to finish, I went, fuck yes, I put my phone down, I watched the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. And it, it, that's exactly what happened. And so yeah, that was the, that was the, that was the hook for me. So we get the end of the movie where Drake is now Riot, who is uh, Venom's arch nemesis in this movie. Uh, they have a great CGI battle. Eric, I'm gonna give you time to talk about this because I know you were raving about uh, the effects in this movie. Uh, and Venom and Riot just go balls out here on the base of the rocket ship. Eric, what do you think about this? This was real. So a big part of it was because they they had that long extending bridge between land into the uh, the, the the land or the, uh, the the takeoff pad, right? The the rocket pad or mm-hmm. where it takes off. And so that's where a lot of the, this fight is. And so you have this half chase, half kind of brawl going on, and a lot of it's too because there's there's dialogue in it that's going on. Not even just dialogue. I mean, but like you know, between multiple people because you have now the symbiotes as a character and the other people as characters, and so there's a lot of just things going back and forth and a lot of tossing back and a lot of flexing between the two. It's really cool just to see those characters interact. It's really cool just because that's that's a bit of nostalgia, but it's just sweet effects. These guys are like, um, oh, there's a popular video game. Prototype. I was just talking about this the other day. Prototype, where you can just do kind of like that that mold or like that Green Lantern effect, or that Sandman effect, where you can just kind of create the weapons in your hands. You know, turn it into a sword, throw out a projectile, spike, and just like being able to to have that, but be able to look as badass as those two. Here's the thing: is there was a a very confusing part, and I wonder if they'll dodge or, or if they'll dodge it or if they'll continue it on into another movie when they're fighting on the rocket ship, and there's a lot of uh, um, back and forths, and and it looks really cool because obviously they're, they're still trying to get onto the rocket so they can get out 
uh, up, up and away so you get the rest of the uh, the symbiotes. Michelle Williams plays the the high frequency noise, which is their kryptonite, which she used mm-hmm. kryptonite by the way in a Marvel universe. She did, yeah, she did. She said that. She did say that. Um, but mm-hmm. they seem to fuse together. Did you guys see that part? Yes, I liked how the guys, Tom Hardy and Drake, were kind of just along for the ride at that point. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, because the symbiotes are just going at each other, and then they break apart. And then there's Tom Hardy and Drake just kind of just sitting there and just allowing this to happen. It's crazy. How was, much of yourself did you give up? It was you know a weird I mean? effect to, to, to see kind of almost like a uh, the group fight between the the four of those where it breaks up because of the high frequency sound but again there's a part where they they fuse together almost as almost as one like massive thing yeah and they it split. was great mm-hmm. so yeah that that'd be uh, I wonder if we get to see if Ryan will come back because you know maybe a little bit of him was taken I don't know we'll you know. so we so after that we do have our Stanley cameo we have two more scenes to talk about to all the guys the movie guys to all the people the movie guys First, and then we'll get into our final reviews because I got one for Eric that I want to ask. Uh, but the first scene I want to talk about after the epic battle is what Eric has been bitching about, I would argue, for the past couple weeks, is he goes to the carryout, the same guy robs the woman, and Venom comes out and says, there's a little spiel, I'm going to cut off your arms and your legs, and you're going to roll down the street like a turn in the wind. Eric, do you hate that line still? Yeah, I do. Swear. Drop a fucking F-bomb. There's only, there was only one <laughs> F-bomb in the movie. But if you're going to threaten somebody, it, I mean, yeah, yeah, the look is scary, but when he says turd, I'll be like, all right, man, I guess I'll just leave, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right, I was curious if it changed your mind or not, because I was just curious. The second scene in the movie. Oh, still needs to be R-rated. Needs to be R-rated. Is we go to San Quentin, and Eddie Brock is talking to Venom on his motorcycle on the way to San Quentin, mid credit scene, and Eddie Brock is there to interview Cletus. And Cletus is going to be Carnage, who was kind of Venom's Joker. And we get Woody Harrelson, the Woody Harrelson in this movie, and his carrot top wig acting all a bunch of bat shit. Ed, I'll ask you second, but Eric, were you fanboy geeked out like I was in this scene? It was dope. I was excited for that when he dropped the Carnage, or, I mean, it's Cletus Cassidy, so, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see just Carnage, dude. Like, Gleetus uh, uh, aside, I'm I want to see what Carnage looks like. Riot looked sweet. Carnage has got to be even fucking better. Like, he's got to be by better, Woody right? Harrelson. So you know, Woody Harrelson is gonna just fucking he's gonna nail it. He's gonna nail it. Great. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's gonna happen. I'm Ed, I, yeah, I'm excited. And I know you walked out because you did not know that there was a mid credit scene. But does that sound like something that you would have wish you stayed for? Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I later, I later researched it and googled it, and you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I've, yeah, I mean, from what I hear, it was a great scene. I wish I would have stayed for it. I mean, it was, you know, I, it's not, I, eh. I didn't know it was there. You know, I was stupid. It's, it's fine. It, it was a dialogue. You, you got the piece. You're, you're good to go. So that yeah. brings us into our popcorn rating. So we'll go with Ed first, like always. Ed. What will be your popcorn rating for Venom? This is easily a large bag for me. Um, had they done, had they put back in the stuff that they cut, the, the, they made a Logan-esque movie, it would have been, you know, a plus, plus, plus. But, you know, this is a large bag. Um, I mean, I have some gripes with it, just like, you know, you guys are gonna have talked about. I mean, it's very storyboard-esque. Like, they, it's, 
it's very cut and dry in the template of of superhero movies. Really, any movie, really, you know, uh, origin especially. Yeah, especially origin movies. And Jordan, you you hit the nail on the head when you said you know like Iron Man one. But you know, I hope they. I hope that this was not a as bad as I predicted, and this was not anywhere near as, as shitty as all the review the reviews and critics that we've that we've been listening to and 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 reading. So it's definitely another reason why Movie Guys podcast is the best because we actually go in and come out with our honest opinions rather than just give you the diatribe that everybody else is going to give. The paid opinion, right? That's it. We don't. Our opinions are not paid. Our opinions are what movie fans want to hear and what we as fans want to tell you. I don't want you guys to do this. We will accept bribes. Yes. After this review, I gotta go cash that Sony check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just share it with me because I bet you it's huge. Fuck all of you. All right. So, so Ed gives this one a large bag. Eric, what's going to be your popcorn rating for Venom? I I think this is easily a large bag too. Like I I really enjoyed it just because it's not to insult it by saying that it's simple in the storyboard origins, but it just worked. Like it okay, the movie was two hours, and I and I could tell uh, that it was moving fast. Didn't feel like two hours. I I I saw it at theater three uh, D theaters, and for me it was I felt like it's good pace. Everything just was boom boom boom. Took me to the next scene. I got it. Okay okay okay. We're there, and it just moved. I liked the way the movie worked. It just, it just was trying to set up, and I, I liked the way that it, it, did it. it was well acted. Although I do again know why they put PG thirteen because they wanted to appeal to a wider audience and and make the base a bit more so they can well set it up right. But yeah, mm-hmm. this was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Plain and simple, it was just fun. I would definitely watch it again on Netflix. Like, don't get like for sure. If it's on Netflix, I'll probably put it on for sure. I it just looks pretty. I enjoyed it. But um, this movie, if it was, I think if it was R rated, give a little bit more violence, a little more adult humor because every time there was violence here, you didn't see any blood. PG thirteen, right? Uh, and if you had some more swearing to kind of uh, add to the tone a bit more of the movie, then I think you're you're looking at something that would rival Deadpool right now. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Nice. Well, um, and in those scenes a little bit more, yeah, if you made it a little bit more darker, I think you would have, you would have had, Sony would have had something on their hands there. Just to reiterate. Well, the highest rating that we can give a movie all together unanimously is a large bag of popcorn. So this one for me is going to be a large bag as well. So in the spectrum of the movie guys verse, this this is considered one of the best that we have reviewed. This is not a terrible movie. Uh, like I've said, to repeat what Eric and Ed have said, the critics are wrong. Uh, yes, it's a PG-13 movie, but they still did great things with it. Uh, Venom was big and bulking, and I'm sorry, big and hulking, uh, like he should be, unlike Topher Grace's character. Right. Um, I loved the interplay and the Jekyll and Hydeness when it comes to Venom and Eddie Brock. Um, I understand in the comic source that Eddie Brock is kind of like a bodybuilder, like a big guy, but I thought Tom Hardy played it right, and I think Tom Hardy deserves credit for what he did in this movie. And I love the fact that Michelle Williams is not just a throwaway girlfriend role. I mean, like, she did more in this than Anne Hath, uh, than, uh, than, um, what's her face from Iron Man? Uh, fuck. What has Paltrow's ever done? Pepper. 
Pepper. Yeah, she does. She did more in this movie than Pepper did in the Iron Man trilogy. I disagree with that. Well, I I mean, what you were saying about yeah, I think Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams did a a fantastic. Tom Tom Hardy did a fantastic job. He did. I thought this was great. I thought it was fun. No, this is not the movie of the year. No, God, no, this is not even should be considered for an Oscar for best film, maybe special effects. But overall, it was a fun movie. And I think you should not listen to the uh, reviews on this one. I think you should listen to our review and check this one it's, out. It's it's on the radar for sure. If yeah. it's, it's on it's on the radar, I'll put it on the map when the sequel comes out. I, I you know what? Consider the ticket already bought. I mean, I mean for uh, for the movies guys, uh, for the movie guys Oscar specials. Yeah, this one would be our our, our nomination probably. But uh, we'll get into that for in the later for an Oscar. Sure. Well, what I mean. No, I get you. I'm, 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 I'm teasing to the fans. I know, I know. It's a little bit of a tease. So anyway, this concludes our anti-hero retrospective. Again, you can check it out at the archives at movieguyspodcast.com. Click on the anti-hero uh, series uh, tag there, and you can check out Spawn, Episode 1. Episode 2 was Punisher, 2004. And, of course, now this one here, Venom. We're getting ready for Halloween here, fans. We're getting ready for... Our first episode, we're doing a two-part retrospective. Our first episode is going to be a whole collection of the Halloween franchise. Number one, all the way through Rob Zombie's remake, number two. We're going to talk about all of them. Oh, yeah. We're talking about all of them. And if you, as the fans, want to spend the week in Halloween fandom, go to AMC, and all the movies are available for you to watch to get ready for our release of the Halloween franchise. And then episode two to end our Halloween franchise will be the new Halloween sequel coming out in just a few weeks. So we're excited to give that one to you guys because I'm a Halloween guy. I know a lot about Halloween. It's going to be a fun episode for me to talk about. I'm, I'm already on part five. I'm already on part five. I got like, I got like six, I got to catch it up to do. I got like six more to go. So uh, we'll talk about that later, but make sure to check out on our archives because we do have a schedule now posted for all you fans. So you know exactly what movies that we are reviewing and when they are being released all the way from now until January. So check out those in the schedule page on movieguestpodcast.com. Check us out on uh, movieguestpodcast.podbean.com. You can download this episode and many others on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Just search MovieGuysPodcast.com, and you'll find our show, Movie Guys Podcast, another show called 40 Distraction, and a brand-new wrestling show called Called in the Ring, which is hosted by uh, Ed and I. It's just a wrestling podcast, a retrospective, if you will, of everything wrestling, so make sure to check that out. And also, more interviews will be coming your way. Make sure to go to the Celebrity Interview page honor.com there, and you'll be able to see more interviews coming your way soon. Eric and Ed, thank you, like always, guys, for joining me for this review. I had a great freaking time, and we'll talk to you guys next week for Halloween Franchise. Have a good night.